Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors King. Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory with great warranties. Fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. And a great service department that backs it all up with fabulous technicians, real pros, pros, that take care of the life of the vehicle all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Dennis Dodd in the next hour. A lot to talk about with him. He's at the SEC meetings. But before we get to that... We now turn to the Temple of Tumult, the Bitterness Cafe. The proprietor is here after a big morning watching lawnmowers on video. (laughs) That's usually in the evening, but sure, yeah. And I'll tell you what, I've had enough of hearing the whining from Nugget fans. Now, if you want to go back and say, hey, you know, there was a lot of attention on the Lakers from the Western Conference Final, fine. I, I'm, I can understand that. I'm, I'm with you there. But enough with this disrespect nonsense when it comes to Djokovic. Because he has been given the MVP twice. He didn't win it this year for a third time in a row because Joel Embiid deserved it. But this whole back and forth of, like, that nobody's talking about the Nuggets, nobody's talking about Nikola Jokic, whatever the case may be, the guy's won an MVP twice, two of the last three years. He's got his respect. Are you? What are you not hearing about this guy? Everybody loves this guy. He was second in the MVP voting this year for a third time in a row. If nobody's talking about the team, okay, I'll give you that to some extent. But they're, they're getting talked about now. They're in the finals. They're the favorite. For the most part, everybody's picking them to win. I think they're going to win five games. So enough with this disrespect. Just get off your high horse. Enjoy your first finals. And enough is enough. When was the last time you were in the finals? Oh, a long time ago. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. It's just enough already. Everybody does the disrespect thing. I'm disrespected. We're disrespected. Just, and I ignore all that stuff. Just go play. <laughs> okay? There's a lot of words that are said, a lot of words that are written. The bottom line is it's time to go play. And that's my point to them is very simple. I don't really care what they have to say. I don't care if they feel disrespected. 
everybody's just every time I turn around, I'm disrespected. I'm disrespected. I'm disrespected. I'm disrespected. So, oh, for goodness sakes. And these are successful people. I'm disrespected. Like, actually, you're not. You're pretty much adored. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I don't worry about that stuff. Don't even think about it. Don't even read about it. Don't even listen to it. You, on the other hand, are consumed by it. <laughs> that and lawnmowers on video. Yeah. Most of it's by choice. The latter is not by choice. But no, I do it because I'm, I'm a dad. It's not what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that the kids want to watch Paw Patrol. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Lisa's like, what, Matt, you're making them watch lawnmowers again? Why? 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 I can't help if it'll be used to my advantage later in life. Hopefully. <laughs> so, you don't like being disrespected? I, I don't, but in this case, I'm tired of the hearing of I'm being disrespected when you really haven't been disrespected that much. As much as, as, much as you think. I just I think it's irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything about winning or losing. It doesn't lead to anything other than words. That's all it is. It's words. And I could care less if they feel disrespected. Here's one for you. Just go out, play, and win. That's me. Correct. And you hate that. Most of the time, yes. But this time, I'm with you. I mean, I'm just, you know, I just, I don't think any of that. I mean, it's, it's 9.8 times out of 10, it's just words and it's irrelevant. So I don't worry about if you're we're being disrespected no I don't really care (laughs) Uh, that's just me All right, let's get to um, important stuff now no not the transition no this is important stuff too well, no, I'm getting to uh, who's in the NBA draft, who's not. Oh, well, that's important, though, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it has to do with competition actually playing. Right, yes. Okay, just want to make sure, you know. Like, I'm, like, really into that. <laughs> oh, my almighty! <laughs> so we'll, we'll start in the Big Ten. Uh, there is nothing in here that is a surprise. Well, I would say there's only one mild surprise, but all the other ones are not a surprise. So I have been saying for the past nine months that Zach Eady was going to play his senior year, correct? And Zach Eady pulled his name out of the draft yesterday. He's going to play his senior year. 
it has nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with um, basketball skills, anything like that. This has to do with the state of how the NBA game is played and the type of game he plays. The two don't fit. All right. That's simple as that. Now, I know they've kind of done some end runs here to get him some NIL money because as a foreign-born player, he's not allowed to get it. But they've been able to work it out through some people in Toronto to help him get some. Just like uh, what, Sunoco from UConn? He stayed in the draft. Again, same story. Foreign-born player. Can't get NIL money. Oscar Sheboy staying in the NBA draft. Sunoco staying in the NBA draft. But going out, okay, or coming back to their school, Zach Eady of Purdue. The mild one that surprised me a bit was Terrence Shannon of Illinois. He's coming back. It doesn't mean uh, he was not going to be a first-round pick or anything like that. He probably was going to be a free agent, but I thought he'd stay in. He has the athleticism to play in the league. But he's going back. to So Terrence Shannon's going back to Illinois. Coleman Hawkins, who was at the G League Combine, I knew he'd be coming back and is coming back. Uh, Patrick McCaffrey at Iowa's coming back. Uh, Boo Booey at Northwestern's coming back. But Chase Audige is leaving his name in the draft. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh keeping his name in the draft out of Ohio State. Jaden Akins and A.J. Hogard are going back to Michigan State, so they withdrew from the draft. Cliff Amori withdrew from the draft as well and is going back to Rutgers. Uh, so those are, you know, yesterday was the deadline, midnight. Uh, and that is... Uh, that's what they're going to do. Um, and one guy I haven't heard about is Paul Mulcahy of Rutgers. Seriously, I have not heard anything about whether he's decided to stay or go. Because uh, what he did was he declared for the draft, maintained his eligibility. And but I have not seen whether he's decided to stay or go. But Clifford Mori decided to go back to Rutgers. Now I realize this is not as interesting to you, Matt, because it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't bring with it the excitement level, but it actually has to do with like actual competition. No, not your bag. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! You sure? Um, yeah. I mean, he's not as excited as, like, the stuff you want to talk about. No, but it's all important stuff. No, it's exponentially more important than what you... <laughs> Actually has to do with winning and losing. Um, I'm kind of big on the winning and losing part. Like, what determines winning and losing? Then we'll get to... So, and by the way, I now I have not seen 
anything in a week. The last one I saw had Seth Lundy rated 45 and Jalen Pickett rated 48. Hmm. Here's one that surprises me, though, and that's Kobe Bufkin. Now, did I think Bufkin could be a first-round pick, like, in the 20s somewhere? Yeah. Every mock draft I see is Bufkin is, like, right on the verge of being, the like, 12 to 15. I called Dick Girardi about this. I said, am I missing something? He goes, no. He says, I mean, he's rated ahead of Jed Howard, and I love Jed Howard's game. Don. You okay there? <laughs> he just kind of mysteriously came in and he left. All right. So that one surprises me a little bit. Now let's get to the James Franklin story about the SEC and the Big Ten. And he's talking about priorities. And right now the SEC, and we'll talk to Dennis Dodd about this in the next hour, is is pondering whether to go with eight or nine conference games. Eight's probably going to win out. Um, and Dennis will explain why in the next hour. And James is somebody who coached in the SEC and now coaches in the Big Ten, says that um, the two conferences have different priorities. He says, at the end of the day, what does the Big Ten want, James said? Does the Big Ten want to put their teams and their universities in the best position to win national championships? The Big Ten historically has not done that, Franklin said. The SEC has been built, and every decision has been based on how do we win national championships. Not only that, how do we get multiple teams into the playoffs? So the Big Ten has been all about how do we sell the media package? How do we sign the biggest TV deal? And those two things don't align. They're not complementary deals. So to me, that's going to be the interesting thing. Is the Big Ten still going to follow this model of how do we sign the biggest TV check, or is it based on competition? And let's face it, playing the extra conference game is going to be a better team in all likelihood than you're going to face in a non-conference game. And Penn State, of course, is in the Big Ten East. And the Big Ten East and the SEC West are the two deepest conferences, especially at the top in college football. But I found that to be interesting. It's something that like, he's talked about this before because you know he's talked about it with me. We've talked about it on the, on the coaches' show on Thursday night. But, yeah, that's... Uh, that was his comments there. Brett McMurphy has put out on Twitter the AAU, the academic AAU. As you know, that is a priority for the Big Ten and has been forever. Now you're saying Nebraska's not in the AAU. They were when they were invited and they were, were the first couple of years. And then because of their medical center, something knocked them off the grid. 
Well, today it was announced that Arizona State, Miami, South Florida, and Notre Dame are the new members of the AAU. Interesting. Interesting. We'll take a break. We'll come back. I'm sure Matt's not done with the Tunnel of Terror. Oh, no. I got some words for everybody at the SEC meetings and these coaches. A lot of hypocrisy and cowardice going on with this 8-9 debate, if you ask me. Well, we'll get in. We anxiously await your words. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be kind and complimentary. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. So are you going to paste the SEC coaches now, or do we wait until after the break? Oh, I think we need to wait for this till after the break. Because primarily this is going against Nick Saban. But he's not the only one that all of a sudden wants to go to eight games now. Well, after a tease like that, I mean, I think the audience just tripled. I'm here for the people. What can I say? Do the people know that? I think they do. I'm just giving the people what they want. How do we know that? We've been told. By... That apparently everybody likes the rants. <laughs> Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Moments away from Rantorama. Our show today brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost working online at sunburymotors.com. If you want new inventory, they have it. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, all with great warranties. Pre-owned inventory, right there with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. 
service department that backs it all up for the life of the vehicle with great technicians. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We now, once again, open the gates to Rantorama. <laughs> so, keeping with the theme of what's going on at the SEC meetings, this debate about uh, should we play eight or nine games, Nick Saban, who, is, has, who is always seems to be preaching the prim and proper and, and this and that, was okay with nine games, which is what the SEC should do, as we've talked about before, Steve. But now all of a sudden, he wants to play eight games. I'm going to tell you why. Because he and the other, and the other schools that want to play eight games are a bunch of cowards. You're supposed to be the big, bad SEC. And all of a sudden, you're afraid to play each other because you may not make a bowl game? I mean, let's get a grip here. If you're the big, bad SEC, you shouldn't be afraid to play anybody. Even your own conference. So man up. Stop playing the Citadel in Week 7 and beat them 77-0 to feel good about yourself before a, uh, before your real games against, like, a Georgia or something and play your conference. That's all. Just play your conference the way you should be and stop being afraid of yourselves and enough with this, let's just play the Citadel, let's play for Florida A&M so we can beat them 80 to nothing and feel better about ourselves and give ourselves a shot for something. Play the conference and earn your way in. Georgia has the right attitude. They want to play the right competition because it's going to help them. That's what you need. That's the attitude you need to have. Not this, oh, we're afraid we're not going to make a bowl game, so let's pull out, please. And it's a little hypocritical coming from Nick Saban, who always seems to be the the hard aleck in the building, who always wants the best out of his players and rah, 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 and, and everything doing prim and proper. Now all of a sudden you don't want to play nine games because you're afraid? Stop it. Cry me a river. Play in your conference. This is from a baseball fan whose team never plays on the road? Well, that's, the, that's Major League Baseball's fault. They should be playing on the road more often. I, I don't I get that don't, either. I don't think so. I think you guys have planned this out in conjunction with Major League Baseball. I think it's a conspiracy. <laughs> well, now you're starting to sound like a Nuggets fan again. Well, they're in the finals. You teams watch the finals a lot for decades, haven't they? Yeah, it's kind of getting old. Hmm. Surprised. All right. <laughs> All right. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what decisions are made. Because Texas, by the way, Texas doesn't have a vote, you know. Texas wants to go to nine. But Texas and Oklahoma do not have votes, even though the vote affects them competitively. They don't vote until they're officially in the league. Okay. So they get no vote. And uh, that is... uh, That's the interesting part of it. But they want nine, 
but nine appears to be fading into oblivion. Looks like eight's going to win. They should vote on it either later today or tomorrow morning. We'll talk to Dennis Dodd about this in the next half hour. Look, they're the ones winning the championships. You know, let's be straight. They're the ones they are winning. So they can really kind of, they can really dictate their own terms as to how they go about it. As I said, when it comes to the next to last game of the regular season, and many teams in the conference are playing those games where you sit back and say, Really? That's your game? What bothers me is that you have a media group that covers them. And I'm talking about ESPN now. And I want to and I want to say this about also about national writers. Nobody ever criticizes them for it. It's like it's like, oh well yeah, ha ha, yeah, they're gonna play excuse me, over here in the back. I mean You know, week ten, Penn State's hosting Michigan. Hey, week eleven, you know, Alabama in the past and week eleven has played Mercer. And nobody's critical of that. Everybody laughs it off all the time. Why do they laugh it off? That's that's what bothers me. It's a legitimate criticism in the process, and it gets laughed off, and nobody. Right, I mean, you have a set where you're on that set for three hours talking college football. You should be on there ripping the living daylights out of them. Guess what? You already have the contract. They're not going to take it back. They should have done it years ago. They haven't. They've given them a pass. A lot of national writers have given them a pass. They want to write about other things. But when it comes to something like this that's competitive, that's the part that's always baffled me. Not that the SEC makes the decision. Not that the individual schools make the decision. Is that they're allowed to get away with it. That's the part that just strikes me. In a media that seems to be so critical about these picayune things, when it comes to something like this, and you're looking across the country, I don't know, it's a week where Washington's playing Oregon, Alabama's playing Mercer. Yo, whoa, here in the back, what is this deal? And they never get penalized for it. I've told you what I would do if I'm on the voting committee. The week they play the game, they're, they're no higher than fifth. And I would say straight out, the reason you fell from second to fifth is you pl- you elected to play that game. You chose to play that game. You'd have been better off having a bye week. You, you chose, you chose, deliberately chose to play a game that day against that opponent. Now, if you're playing Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt's 0-10 to that point. It's a conference game. You're not going to get any penalty from me. It's a conference game. It's a Power 5 game. It's a conference game. I don't care what their record is. But now you you openly elect to play a school with 63 scholarships. Really? When we're all trying to vote? And I'd be blunt about it. How could you drop them to fifth? Well, it's a weekly snapshot. 
and they elected to play Mercer this week, and that's unacceptable to us. Say it straight out. Send the message. Be point blank. Nick Saban will yell, scream, and whatever, or Kirby Smart will yell, scream, whatever. But guess what? Message sent. Now, the next week, you know, Alabama goes out, they play Auburn, they win the game, they look impressive doing it, you're back to second. That's fine. Because that's the new weekly snapshot. But you need to send a message here. College football playoff doesn't send any messages. I mean, let's go back to 2016. I know Washington lost one game. Penn State lost two. I know that. Penn State won its last nine games. But Washington's non-conference schedule was Idaho, Portland State, and Rutgers. Really? That was their non-conference schedule. you got to be kidding me. And the message they sent was, it doesn't matter who you schedule in the non-conference. If you lose one game versus two, you're in. It doesn't matter if the other guy played an exponentially tougher schedule. Couldn't have said it any better. Thank you. I mean, that's the message they sent in 2016. Your non-conference scheduling means nothing. That was their message. Scheduling a game late in the year non-conference against an FCS opponent means nothing. That's what they keep saying over and over again. You know, things that I find important, that I think are factors in terms of competition, the college football playoff committee ignores. So what's happening is you're having more and more schools across the country downsizing their non-conference schedules because it's been out there. doesn't matter who you play in the non-conference. It means zero. And it, doesn't, and it also means nothing as to when you play them. And the SEC, they're very clever about how they schedule. They spread out the conference schedule over 10, 11 weeks. So it looks like they've got a big game every week, which gives you the impression the entire conference is playing uh, big games. Now, it's really it's a mirage, but it's been an effective mirage. They've had, hey, Florida, week three, Florida, Tennessee, hey, great. I mean, the Big Ten's tried to do that. Tried to do that. You know, Penn State opened last year at Purdue. Now, week three this year, they'll be at Illinois. They don't play their last non-conference game until October 14th with UMass on homecoming. But this is how, I mean, the SEC's been clever with its eight-game schedule. They give one the impression every week there's some blockbuster. Meanwhile, when you start looking at the actual schedule itself, you're saying, okay, who are these people playing? Now, it's not as if there are not non-conference games in there at the end that are traditional rivalry games. Florida plays Florida State at the end. 
South Carolina plays Clemson at the end. Kentucky plays Louisville at the end. Georgia plays Georgia Tech at the end. Those are all SEC-ACC matchups. And yes, Georgia Tech may not be very good, but guess what? They are the rival of Georgia in the state. Okay? So they do do that with the eighth, with the eight-game conference schedule. You do have more flexibility to do that. And those schools, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and uh, South Carolina, all end up playing other Power Five schools home and away in the non-conference to close out the schedule. So they do do that. But there are others we sit there and look at and say, I don't get this. And then Clemson, when they were on their run, started playing that kind of game the week before the South Carolina game. I think they played the Citadel one year. Like, okay, this is what we're doing now? You're trying to, you know, now this will change a bit with the 12 team playoff. There'll be more flexibility in there. And it's going to be interesting to see what is emphasized on schedules, especially when it comes to positions 10 through 12, or maybe even better, 9 through 12. And then eventually we'll get to 16. What's the difference between 11 and 16 and 17 and 22? What's the difference between them? And the college football playoff committee has to be exponentially more open about what they're doing and how they're doing it. We'll talk to Dennis Dodd about that in the next half hour. I don't care if they play eight or nine. I understand the flexibility of eight because I just talked about those end-of-the-season games. Everybody else is playing nine, and James is not incorrect. The Big Ten is going for the money. Well, they're getting the money. The question is, are they getting the results from the money? Ohio State won the title in 2014, and the Big Ten hasn't had a basketball national championship since Michigan State in 2000. Interesting, huh? We will take a break. We'll come back. More Rantarama in a moment. I just sent you not even done yet. There is something else that has been bothering me lately from that I saw in Major League Baseball last night. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was maybe something medical we had to talk about. All right, we'll come back uh, with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Or do we wait till after Dennis died? I, mean... I think we can release the venom now. I mean, anything to help because. <laughs> Well, this goes. I mean, because next we're going to get some story about how great some John Deere happens to be. Go ahead. (laughs) I like my John Deere, but once again, this this is guys just not playing the game of baseball the way it should be. 
I'm I'm in this unwritten rules type thing. Normally I'm not. I I don't normally I don't like some of them, but in this case I do only because it could affect the play. So in the Phillies game last night, they're at the Mets. They're down four one. It's top of the fifth. They have a guy at first. A liner is hot shots hit right to Lindor. He makes the catch, and Phillies are trying to do a hit and run. So the guy is going to be easily out trying to go back to first. So Lindor makes the catch, and then just like nonchalantly just flips it over to first, and it takes a couple bounces right to the first baseman, who then tags the base for the double play. I mean, what are you doing? Finish the play out all the way through like you're supposed to. Give a good, good, accurate throw to your first baseman to make the double play. Say he couldn't handle it. Say it got away. Then what happens? The guy's at third. Maybe he has a chance to go home. And you change the momentum of the game. I mean, this is the second time this has happened this year where guys are like nonchalantly finishing plays and it doesn't come back to bite them, but there will be a case if they keep it up, it will. Now, it's not my team. The Mets are overrated. But just finish the play. Don't be lollygagging it over across the diamond just because you're showing off that you made a great play, which he did. Finish the play. I think the first baseman that got it has more home runs than Aaron Judge, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. Okay, so, um, and has played every game. All right, so. Um, While this is true, hmm. the Venom's on Lindor, not Pete Alonso. Finish the play. Well, who knows? It didn't hurt him. I don't worry about that. I don't want him gunning it the first either. I'm saying just fin- just just finish the the play properly. Be a professional. That was unprofessional what he did. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got that off your chest. I feel a lot better. I do, too. Thank you. All right. Well, I'll be honest. I hadn't really thought about it. All right. So, uh, (laughs) Jokovic says, go Jokic. There we go. Uh, That's your guy. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! I mean, Jokovic almost won a Grand Slam two years ago. Come on. He's a quality player. He's been an annoyance, too, the last couple of years, but that's another topic. In what way? Uh, I don't want to bring up the debate, but let's just say um, the way he's handled himself through the COVID times. Okay, well, he didn't want it. There are a number of people I know that didn't want to take it. I was I was with somebody last week. I'm not going to say which one, but one of the Big Ten announcers was adamant. He said, nope. He was adamant about it. I'm like, okay. Well, to me, that's, that's your choice. I mean, you know. And in hindsight, it might be an interesting debate in hindsight, don't you think? In some cases, yeah, I'm not going to deny that based on more and more that we've been finding out and 
I've been finding out myself in my news side of things. Yeah. I mean, the choice is one thing. I want to make this clear. The choice is one thing. I think his attitude about it was another thing. That's kind of more where I would have a beef with. Not necessarily his choice, but the way he conducted himself with said choice. Well, he missed tournaments. Joe Missoula is still going to be the Celtics head coach. That's good news for you. I I guess. Sure. I, I still don't really know a whole lot. Of, I need to see a full season from him. I think he can be a good coach. He made a lot of nice adjustments against the Sixers. He certainly outcoached Doc Rivers. But he was blasted in the coaching department by Eric Spolstra. So I, I really don't know. Plus, you don't know what that Celtics roster is going to look like next year. Maybe they'll acquire Embiid. 